Hello, and welcome to Supply Chain A to Z. I'm Trisha Kearns, Professor of Supply Chain Management at Governor State University and Associate Director of the new Supply Chain Innovation Center and Business Incubator. Whether you're a business owner or a supply chain professional, or simply interested in supply chain trends, we invite you to hear from industry experts who are leaders of supply chain. Stick around to learn more. Hi, it's Dr. Kearns here. It is the beginning of December, 2021. And instead of my usual recording with a interview with someone in supply chain, I thought I would just publish a short discussion, if you would, on what in the world is happening in our supply chain these days. Many of you turn on the news each morning and listen to what seems like a never-ending crisis from labor to demand to cost to inflation, which is fairly new. So I wanted to take a minute and just kind of walk through a few of those topics and offer some ideas. Today, demand is spiking. It is the beginning of December. Our Christmas goods are here um, in some cases, not in all. Consumer spending is up. Disposable income is up. But so are our costs, meaning to get goods of we, that we want, it's costing more money. Why? Labor shortages, shipping issues, the ability for suppliers to meet demand is increasing in cost. For example, I was talking to a company just a few weeks ago, and they had a quote for years of $5,000 to move a 40-foot container from Shanghai, China to the Midwest to their door. That same quote was $35,000 today. Now, a lot of companies have absorbed those costs, but they can't continue to do that. Eventually, those costs, those increased costs will start to be passed along. Now, that is why today you are hearing the word inflation, because cost will begin to rise. Now, why are shipping costs going up? Well, as I said earlier, demand is spiking. Also, we have a labor shortage in almost every industry. Port workers are struggling to find employees. Um, we also are finding significant labor shortages in our trucking industry, in our rail industry, in our warehousing. Our, a lot of our companies that have moved to more of an e-commerce base are consuming distribution centers with hundreds of thousands of employees. Um, as we know here in the state of Illinois, we have hired some 15,000 employees uh, to Amazon. Fantastic for business, but at the same time, those workers who are demanding a higher rate of pay, um, we're paying those rates. So we have people to move product. Now, when we pay workers more money, it means the costs start to rise. And again, 
Companies will absorb some of those to a certain degree, but eventually we'll have to pass those along, okay? Another issue that has come up and not talked about that often is forecasting. We are not good at forecasting. How do I know that? Because during the pandemic, it was clear that our economy had started to become a little nervous. And in the business news, you read often of companies starting to pull back, telling their suppliers, we need to modify our forecast. And when they did that, everyone followed. Now, the economy didn't slow down. The economy did very well. And so when it was time for those same companies to go to those suppliers and say, hey, we were wrong, you need to start increasing, it takes a little while to get that going, especially with some of our products such as chips um, that we're seeing a shortage in our automotives, in our consumer products, our technology. Now, we also know that forecasts are always wrong. Well, you might say, well, Dr. Kearns, we all know that. I teach that in my classes as well. But I want to offer some ideas about that. We know that forecasts are wrong. So how do you work at offsetting when you've got a, you know, a completely wrong outlook on the future? Well, do you have the right partnerships with your suppliers? Have you built flexibility in your own manufacturing or distribution center? Meaning, do you have available shifts that you can open up? Um, you might say, well, heck, we can't get labor for those shifts. Well, we're gonna talk about that in just a minute. Getting back to, again, the forecasting issue and building partnerships with your suppliers. We know that here in the United States, we're really good at whoever has the cheapest quote gets our business. Well, today that probably rings so untrue to be successful in the future. Why? Because if you have a supplier that is a partner, a long-term partner, that oftentimes Toyota talks about in the Toyota production system, we know that Toyota does a good job with helping their partners get on board early. If they have a problem, they help them. They bring their suppliers in during product introductions. Um, why is this all important? It's especially important today because when we think about a crisis that we're in today, you want to have those same suppliers as partners on the same page as you to try to help when things feel so out of control. So you're adjusting your forecast, they're adjusting their forecast. You're working hard at making sure that you've got the right labor in place, so are they, right? So partnerships are even more important today than they ever have been. Now, I wanna get back to that labor shortage. So we know that labor shortages in any industry today, from healthcare to supply chain, hospitality, uh, retail, you name it. So what are we doing about it? So I found some statistics that I wanted to share 59% of employees claim they have no workplace training, and most of the skills that they have are self-taught, right? That message to me 
is we're not investing in our workforce. 74% of workers are willing to learn new skills or retrain in order to remain employable. You might say, why would I train my employees to leave? Well, <laughs> the, the main objective here is you don't want them to leave, to leave, so invest in them. 87% of millenniums, millennials believe learning and development in the workplace is important. So what, what, is that, what does that say? That says that we need to do a better job at not just matching an hourly rate, but we need to invest in our employees. We need to provide a workplace culture of, come, of people that wanna come back every day, okay? Pay them a fair wage. Let's get that off the table. But let's get back to how do we build a culture of employees that say, I really dig working there and I want to go back. Invest in them. Ask them what they need to stay. Would they like some additional training? Would they like to be a part of a tuition reimbursement program? Would they like to know some sort of an advancement that they can move to next? Labor shortages are going to be in our future, without a doubt. Uh, we have seen uh, record growth in the stock market. We're starting to see baby boomers leave the workforce and good for them. What a great time for them to leave the workforce. But as all that happens, it's that perfect storm. The perfect storm of trying to backfill into those positions. Companies getting desperate to find people trying to get creative. I talked to an executive just a couple of weeks ago and it seems like every day when I talk to people, they're like, we can't find people, we can't find people. Yes, I know. So what are you doing? You know, well, we're paying them well. Okay, what else? And usually then it gets quiet, right? I would like to ask you, ask your employees, are you happy or more importantly, what can we do to make this a better place for you to work? Listen to their ideas. Give them more autonomy over their jobs. Stop hiring more managers and leaders to tell them what to do. Okay, My students, uh, employees that I worked for me over the years said, hey, give me the guidelines and let me go and let me shine. Let them do that. And that doesn't just have to be at a higher level. That can be at any level. And by the way, Governor State University can help you Retrain those employees, rethink things differently, investing in them. And it doesn't have to be a degree program. We have some fantastic uh, professional certification programs from entry level to more advanced. We're partnered with ASCM, better known as APEX, the Association of Supply Chain Management, CSCMP, the Council of Supply Chain Management Professionals, and more recently, ISM, the Institute of Supply Management. These are all organizations that have been around for a very long time. They have state-of-the-art education, training, certification programs, highly desired in the industry. Use us to help you. We have those programs going. Now, I wanna get back to um, forecasting and I wanna get back to the partnerships that we have with our suppliers and what we're doing in our own house. So as we see demand unpredictable, we need to think about something that we usually don't think about all that often, and that's landed cost. Again, 
I sat with an executive not long ago and we sat down and had a, had a discussion and he said, my costs are completely out of control. I'm gonna have to pass it along to our consumers, our customers, and I worry about that. And I said, you know, when was the last time you checked on your landed cost? And we did an exercise. And for the first time, I'm gonna say this out loud, it was actually cheaper for him to continue to make his product offshore, but it was cheaper for him to put it in an airplane and use air freight to move it here to the Midwest that ultimately Lynn went to his, his customers. Think about that for a minute. Now, some of you might do that exercise, calculate your landed costs and say, you know, Dr. Kearns, I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm still, it, it, it's still cheaper for me to do it the way I'm doing it. Okay, then I'm gonna need to challenge you with how, how much just-in-time inventory are you keeping? And I want you to be careful that just-in-time inventory doesn't turn into just-in-case inventory because then we're gonna have an opposite push on what's going to happen. What that means is instead of keeping just enough, just-in-time, we're going to increase our stock, our inventory and make it just-in-case and say, well, you know, the next time this happens, I'm going to be better prepared. Well, what does inventory do for you? Yes, it does help you with the unpredictable, but it also ties up your cash and it increases your costs because you can't just increase inventory unless you have plenty of warehouse space that you can just fill it up. Your costs are going to go up. And by the way, moving, unloading, loading, stocking, all that inventory takes labor increasing your costs. So be careful. Be careful moving from just in time to just in case. Um, granted, we will need to think about our inventory levels, especially with some un, you know, unseasonable demand coming. Um, the economy is continuing to do well, although there are some red lights starting to flash with that inflation. So do me a favor, check on your landed cost. What does it look like? Now, I also want you to consider nearshoring. When was the last time you checked in on Canada or Mexico? Doesn't hurt to try. Now is the time to do that. I would rather you do a, your due diligence to see what those costs look like, reducing some of the transportation costs, maybe reducing your lead time without increasing your inventory all that much. Something to think about. Get your purchasing department, your procurement department together. Ask them, tell me about our suppliers. You know, oftentimes if our suppliers have an issue, we have too many issues, we just cut them off. We say, we can't do business with you anymore. Don't do that. Instead, treat your suppliers as partners. Ask them what's going on. What can you help with, right? Teach them or help train them what helps you be successful. Listen for how to build a partnership for the long term. We need to stop thinking about the lowest cost wins. <clears throat> Be flexible with your supply. Build stock to prepare, but again, don't go too far to that just in case. Um, and be careful with forecasting. A lot of our supply issues are that we're facing today, especially at the highest level, um, have a lot to do with the fact that a lot of our big companies pulled back and said, we think there might be a small recession coming. And in fact, there wasn't. And that 
takes a little while to pick back up, okay? Um, I hate to bring up our toilet paper again, but a great example was many consumers went out and bought six months to a year's worth of toilet paper. As the pandemic started to lose its steam, we're certainly not out of it yet as a new variant uh, hits the news just this week. We then stopped buying toilet paper because we had plenty in our homes. What did that do to the supply? It basically came to a screeching halt. Now, not everyone went out and loaded up with toilet paper, but you can see what happens when our buying habits turn into fear buying, where we go to our grocery stores and we empty out the shelves. Eventually, when that fear buying calms, we don't shop for that product for a little while. And that creates a ripple effect all the way through. A couple of other thoughts. Use technology to your advantage. There are so many tools today with technology. Use them, investigate them. And if you don't know where to start, call Governor State University. We have a supply chain center on campus. We have experts that are willing and able to help in any way we can, okay? Listen for changes. When you start to build partnerships with your suppliers and your customers, the relationships change. Open that line of communication, talk frequently. Listen for how you can help share information as soon as you get it. That will be important today and in the future. Invest in your workforce. I cannot stress this enough. Paying your workforce a premium to come to work every day is a small step of keeping them, invest in them. When was the last time you asked your warehouse worker what you can do to be a better employer? What type of investment are they looking for? Invest in a career training program. It doesn't have to be a college education, but you know what, if it is, partner with Governor State. We are here, we are ready, we are able. But if it's a certification program, even if it's entry level, we have a series of programs in manufacturing, distribution, warehousing, and supply chain. Use us, that's what we're there for. And then check on that landed cost. I think many of you out there will be shocked when you sit down, you bring your team together and say, what is happening with our shipping cost? What is the quote today for air freight? I don't know about you, but when I was in the industry and I was in the industry 18 years, Air freight was my last resort. And when I did that exercise just a few weeks ago, I never thought I would say it out loud, but to move that product in the belly of an airplane was cheaper um, than to put it on the water. And don't forget, onshoring, bring your product back to the United States. Get some quotes from those local companies that have been forgotten about. Because that local company down the street, when you think about your landed cost, might be more cost effective these days, especially with some of the increase in shipping costs that we're seeing. So that's it for now. I just wanted to spend some time, instead of doing my general interview with someone, uh, just sharing some, some news that I'm hearing in the last couple of weeks. As we finish up 2021, be safe out there. Uh, think about your business strategies as we move into 2022. And uh, be safe 
and I hope to hear from you soon. Take care.